says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I will not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I give you thanks for this word. I thank you, Lord God, that you are about to speak to our hearts, our minds. You're about to transform our lives this morning. I pray, Lord God, that your anointing would be in this place, that you would break open the word of God, that every person would hear your voice, that you would wear me like a glove, Lord God, that you would be the substance of everything that's said, that I'd be an oracle of God, and that we will leave here changed. We promise to give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know what's awesome is that we're right in the middle of a series on finances. And it was was awesome because, you know, Pastor Eben really spoke this series, uh, started this series without knowing he was starting a series. He started this as a part of a series called Getting Your Life Together. And he spoke about finances. And when he was finished, we realized, hey, you know what? We need to really break up this whole message into an entire series. And we've been talking about the motivations of giving. Do you remember that? That some people uh, are motivated in their finances by need. Some are motivated by greed. Yeah. Some by heed. And some because they're freed. And... um, so Pastor Eben, he's going to talk about heed and freed. Last week we learned about greed, and today I'm going to talk about finances, but from a completely different perspective, all right? So here's what we're going to do today. I want you to open your Bibles to two scriptures. One is Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Then I want you to put your ribbon there, Matthew chapter 6, and verse 21. So find that scripture, put your ribbon there, or put your finger there if you don't have a ribbon. Or if you have a bookmark, put that there. And then I want you to turn back to Proverbs chapter 28. And we're going to be looking at verse 26. Last week we spoke about stuffed. How to overcome greed. How many of you have been uh, challenged this week to deal with some greed in your life? Let me see your hands. Amen. Amen. Our, Our true group challenged every person in our group to give something this week to challenge greed in their lives. Amen? And we're all going to come back and share testimony of how God used us to bless somebody. So we're going to be talking about, today, we're going to be talking about lost, finding your way back financially. How many of you have been lost before? Have you ever been lost before? How many of you have been lost uh, leaving the supermarket looking for your car lost? Yeah, I see. Exactly. You ever, you ever walk up to that spot and somebody else's car is there? And you go, oh my, somebody just stole my car, right? You ever have that feeling? And then something says, hold on. Where was... And you never pay attention to those light poles that says C20. Like, you know, you're like, who needs those? I know where I park. I'm right in front of, you know, whatever. You know, like every time I go to the mall, I park right there in front of Dick's Sporting Goods. You know, walking through there, come back out. I swear somebody moved it in front of Barnes and Noble. Like, it's just like, like way off. We've been lost before. One time I got lost in the forest um, at college. I was walking. I knew the way back <laughs> until I turned back. And then everything looked the same. 
I didn't know where I was. Uh, just the other day, I was trying to find this mechanic. And so I, I, I looked on Google Maps. I saw the thing. It was so simple to get there, I didn't bother to print out the map. And plus, I'm a man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Internal GPS. Hello. Right? And so I jump in the car, drive out, and, you know, and I miss the turn. I don't know. I mean, it was simple. It was just go up the street, make a left turn. Somehow, I, 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 I cross the street. And I'm driving, and I'm driving, and I'm looking for this left turn, and it's not coming up. And I'm getting deep into Mansfield. I mean deep. <laughs> you know, like, deep like you don't see nothing <laughs> but horses and cows and trucks. Lots of trucks. Lots of old trucks. And something inside says, I bet you there isn't a mechanic for miles around here. And so I had to turn back, right? I finally found where I was going. But do you know how that sinking feeling that you feel when you're lost? Because there's something that all of a sudden you realize, I don't know where I am. Now what's funny about it is, when you were going, you felt you knew where you were going. In fact, you were pretty confident while getting lost. Right? I'm driving. I'm not stopping asking anybody for directions because I know where I'm going. And I'm driving. And I'm even driving faster than normal because I'm getting there fast. <laughs> but what's going on? I'm getting lost because there's a difference between being lost and getting lost. And so many times when we're getting lost, we don't know that we're getting lost. A lot of times we get lost in so many areas of our lives. Sometimes we get lost in our marriages. We didn't know how we got here. We get lost with our our morality. We start doing things we would never dream of doing. We didn't plan to do it. There was nothing in our lives that said, this is what I hope to do one day when I grow up. But you know what? Somehow we find ourselves there and we're confident until we got there. And then all of a sudden we go, I am lost. What am I doing? We can get lost spiritually. We can get lost in so many areas. And today we're talking about finances, but there's a principle that you need to understand about uh, getting lost. Is that your confidence and doing things because you think you know what you're doing doesn't prevent you from being lost. I'll read it how I wrote it. Self-assurance and confidence is no insurance against getting lost in life. Man, it don't matter how confident you are, you can still get lost. Let me tell you how Proverbs says it. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26. Here's what it says. Proverbs 28, verse 26. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Why didn't I print off that map? <laughs> you see what I mean? Because I'm a fool. Look at this. 28 verse 2. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. You know, a lot of times we get lost because we think we know everything we need to know about doing what we need to do. And so we don't talk to anybody about our marriages because we got it. We don't talk to anybody about the decisions that they're asking us to make at work because we got it. We don't ask anybody about our kids because we got it. And then all of a sudden, we're lost. How many of you can identify with what I'm saying this morning? Amen. It was the same thing with our finances. In fact, 
finances more than any other area of our lives is the one area we really shouldn't be lost about. Because it's math. Love isn't. Relationships are not. Those can get very confusing and very out of there. And I don't know how I kind of end up, I felt this way, I didn't feel this way. But when it comes to finances, it really should be black and white. But hello, we're lost. Because we trust in our own what? Heart. We trust in our own heart. Instead of doing what's wise. So, let me tell you some things that contribute to being lost. Number one is, you have a bad map. You know, a lot of us grew up with bad maps. Some of us grew up with the maps our parents left behind for us. We've been following the same map to that treasure for the whole life. My, my wife has a father who is playing the lottery every week. That's his map. Somehow that map has not gotten him very far. But every week he plays the lottery. Right? Some of you grew up in, in, with maps where living in debt was normal. All right, let me try over this side over here. Right, some of, you, some of you have maps. Can I tell you what? Some of us have maps that are created by people who study marketing. And so what they do is tell you what you need, but you didn't know you needed it until they told you that you needed it. And all of a sudden, that's your map. Hey, you know what? I would really be happy if I had. You ever had that map? And not only are they telling you that, they're telling you that you can get it with $0 down and 0% interest-free. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. You have that... And all of a sudden, you're lost. And you go, how did I get here? (laughs) Sometimes you have a good map, but you're just not following the map. Sometimes you got a good map, but you're just not following it. Amen? Sometimes you even have good people around you who can advise you. You're just not following. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Sometimes you have a good map, map, and you're following the map, and then you get distracted. Amen. How many of you have been on a plan before and then you got distracted? Amen. Some of you know this very well when it comes to dieting. Amen. You had a good plan. You're following the plan. And then blueberry. Just mood at you. Is it blueberry? Bluebell? Bluebell ice cream? Bluebell just mood at you when you were passing. In the, you know it. Moolicious. Millennium. You got distracted along the way. Let me, tell you, let me tell you how you know if you're lost. Here we go. If you spend more than you make in a year, you're lost. Amen. If you don't know if you spend more than you make in a year, <laughs> you're lost. <laughs> if you don't care that you spend more, than you make in a year. You're lost. If you owe more on your car than the car is worth, you're lost. If you don't know how much you owe on your car, you're lost. If you're paying the minimum on your credit card and that's your way of life, ding, 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 you're lost. If you think paying the minimum on your credit card is good financial planning, you're lost. You know what I mean? Some people go, man, Pastor, I don't know how I got, I pay all my minimums. Really? (laughs) Wow. If you don't know how much you owe overall, 
you're probably lost. Um, if you have no method of tracking where your money goes, you're lost. If you have a financial dream but no financial plan, whew, you're lost. If you're making financial decisions that you hope your spouse never finds out, you're lost. Hey, listen, if you're making financial decisions you hope the IRS never finds out, you are probably lost. Lost. And guess what? Many of us have been lost before. Am I right? Listen, man, I've been lost a couple of times. There have been a few times I've been lost, and I've had to find my way back. And so today, I'm not, I'm not going to just talk about being lost. I'm going to try and find out and help you to find how you get unlost. I, I hope you're happy about that. Okay, you know, we could just close the service right here. And you could just walk up going, oh, I'm lost. Oh, God, I'm lost. No, we're going to find out how to get up. But I want to say a couple of things first. Here's, here's something I want you to know. You are lost when you're not sure, you're not where you plan to be. And you're not sure how you got there. And you're not sure how to get back to where you need to be. That's lost. That's lost. It affects every arena of our lives. It affects our finances as well. And here's a statement I want to make. I want you to hear this statement. It might be controversial, but I want you to listen to this. You cannot wholeheartedly follow Jesus and remain lost financially. That's heavy. That's heavy. Because here's what it means. Here's what it means. You know, you and I know, we can't hate our brother and say we love the Lord. Am I right? Right. We can't be saying, hey, you know what? I give my heart to Jesus. I love you, Lord. I can't stand Mary, but I love you. (laughs) We can't do that. Why? Because we know if we're going to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, we have to give Him our relationships too. And we have to say, God, I'm submitting this relationship to you. And man, I have a hard time with her, but God help me to deal with this. I have to walk through forgiveness. I have to walk through reconciliation. Because I know if my heart belongs to Jesus, He's going to touch my relationships. Am I right? Well, guess what? If, he's go- if I'm going to give my heart to Him, He's going to want to touch our finances as well. And let me tell you something about Jesus. Jesus spoke more about money than heaven, hell, and salvation combined. The number one topic that he spoke about was money. Do you think he doesn't want to touch it? Do you think he really wants you to do it the way your heart says? Or the wise way? Why would he talk about money so much? Because Jesus recognized this one simple truth. Your money is tied to your heart. You can't even separate the two. Look at that scripture in Matthew. Flip over to Matthew real quick. Matthew chapter 6. You can't separate your heart from your money. I know you think you can, but watch this. Your money affects your heart. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Here's what Jesus says. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What does that mean? And if you ever uh, put money in stock, you know what you start to do? You start watching that stock. Man, you don't even know what the company does. You just hope whatever they do, they do well. 
Because you see that? What's important is not the company. What's important is what's happening to my my money, exactly. You, it, it's got your attention. Guess what? You even get one of those, you start to learn how to read that little ticker that runs across the bottom of your screen. You know that green triangles means good, red triangles mean bad. And you start to go, yes, watch it. Oh, you don't even know. You, I mean, that's it. Why? Because your heart is tied to where your what? Where your treasure is. Where your treasure is. And Jesus recognizes one thing, that if our finances are mixed up, then he can't control our hearts. Because our hearts will be mixed up with it. Watch this, watch this, watch this. We can't give Jesus our full attention if our money is a distraction. It's hard. When Jesus says, hey, I need you to do something. And you're focused on, oh my, how am I going to do, how am I going to pay this? How am I going to do, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. Do you know how difficult it is for him to get you to move to where he wants you to do if you're stuck in a place of financial loss or lostness? When you're lost financially, it's difficult for him to push you in the direction he wants. To be a fully devoted follower of Christ means this, that you have to allow him to be engaged with your finances. So many of us, we are lost in our finances, but we're good in church. We have said, Jesus, you are the Lord of my church life, but my finance life is mine. And because of that, it's difficult for him to truly have your whole heart. Does this make sense to everybody? Yeah. And so Jesus went on, look at verse 24. This is awesome. Verse 24. No one can serve what? Two masters. For either he will hate the one and what? Love the other. Or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or money or worldly things or temporal things. Here's the thing. What if Jesus was saying that for the first time to you and you were listening, you were in that crowd, and he says, you cannot serve God and blank. What would you put in the blank? I'll tell you what I would put. I'd put you can't serve God and the devil. I'd say you can't serve God and sin. I'd say you can't serve God and your flesh. I'd say you can't serve God and your wife. I'd say you can't, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'd try and... <laughs> See, I'd try to put anything that's opposite to God. And some of you think... No, I'm just kidding right there. Don't, I'm not even going down that road. I'm just kidding right there. But here's the thing. Here's what Jesus said. You can't serve God and money. Why did he say that? Why money? Why not the devil? Here's why. Because he recognizes his greatest competitor for your heart is your money. I'm telling you. His greatest competitor for your heart is not the devil. You don't struggle every day with, should I Follow the devil or follow Jesus? You struggle every day with, should I follow my money or follow Jesus? Should I trust this? <laughs> Am I right? All right. Oh, no, you, you're getting quiet on me and I don't want you to, you know, work with me now. Here we go. The number one competitor, competitor for our hearts, as far as God is concerned, is our stuff. So if you're following Jesus, you can't stay lost. Because if you stay lost, it means you're connected to your stuff. 
You've got to surrender that area because you cannot wholeheartedly follow Jesus and stay lost forever. So, how do I get back on the right track? I'm going to give you directions. You ready? Take your pens out. Here are the directions to getting back on track. I'm going to go through them real fast, so make sure you write fast, okay? Make a right on Budget Drive. Merge onto Margin Street. Continue onto Contingency Crescent. Cross over Credit Close and exit onto First Things Highway. There you go. Praise the Lord. Let's just close in prayer. Oh, <laughs> if you understand that, there, you got there one way, there is a way to get back. And you've got to reverse some stuff that you've been doing. So the first thing that we've got to do is make a right on budget drive. The most important word in that sentence is not drive. It's budget. It's budget. Turn your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 27. We're going to stick in Proverbs for the next couple of points. And then we're going to, we're going to really just see what the wisdom of God is. Remember, if you follow your own heart, you're like a fool. But if you do the wise thing, you'll be delivered. Amen? So we're going to do the what? The wise thing. Because that's what's going to cause us to be delivered. The wise thing. Proverbs 27 verse 23. Here's what the Bible says. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. And attend to your herds. Now he's talking about in, in, you know, sheep language, right? This, this is sheep talk. Right? Well, he's saying to the shepherd, hey, you better know what's happening with the stuff that you have. Have an account. Keep an account of it. Know who's sick, who's not. Know what's lacking. Know what you need. Jump down with me. Look at this. Jump down to verse 26. Look at verse 26. The lambs will provide your clothing. And the goats, the price of a field. And you shall have enough goat's milk for your food. For the food of your household and the nourishment of your maidservants. What is he saying? If you are managing what you have well, it will provide for you in the long run. In fact, all the verses between there say all sorts of calamity will happen around you. But guess what? Because you took state of your flocks, you have something in the midst of problems. To nourish you and keep you. Not only you, but your maidservants. Hey, when you manage your stuff well, you can be a blessing to others. Are you with me today? Because you got a budget. Here's what budget means. Keep track of what comes in and where you send it. And where who sends it? You send it. In other words, when it goes to Macy's, it's because you sent it there. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm telling you, when it goes to Visa, you what? You sent it there. But a lot of people don't even know where it went. They just close their eyes and it just it leaves and they wake up like at the end of the month and go, where did it all go? You've got to keep track of what comes in and where you and where you send it. That means you need a system. Listen, this is not one of these holla jump up, run around the church messages. Amen? This is, we're getting real practical here this morning. This is the wise stuff. Listen to me. You need a system. It needs to be simple enough for you to follow. 
Listen, my wife does the finances in our home. And I'm proud to say that. Amen? Absolutely. Can I tell you some pastor and I are made cut from the same cloth. We are alike. Okay? There is something about me that just resists organization. Hallelujah! <laughs> but, here's what. Pastor Eben taught me something uh, some, some months ago, maybe a year ago. He said this, and it just never left me. He said, listen, you can take your hands off the finances, but never take your eyes off of it. So I check it. I say, huh. I check it. I say, babe, what is that going on? I tried to sound smart. Well, notice uh, this going out. What's going on there? Because guess what? I still need to know the state of my flocks. Just because she manages it doesn't mean I've abdicated it. Are you with me? I still lead in it. Even though I don't do the day-to-day stuff. Because guess what? If it were up to me, let me tell you, let me tell you how it would go. Let me tell you something. Can I tell you how it would go? First of all, it, it, it would have no system. Because my next point is that it must be simple, but it must be systematic. It would have no system. I'm like one of those people that I don't do monthly. No, Hallelujah. Right? I don't, you know, I, I mean, every day is a brand new day for me. And I do... I do what I'm inspired to do when I'm inspired to do it. Hallelujah. Right? I'm one of those people that I would call TXU and say, Hey, TXU, um, I don't really do this monthly thing. Okay? Can you just like, just receive my money when I feel moved? All right. How many of you, how many of you are like me? Like kind of like creative art, you know, artsy kind of person. Yeah. All right. So you understand what I'm talking about. Listen, that don't work. Because you've been doing all your creativity in darkness. You have got to do something systematic. Am I right? Alright, you gotta be simple, you gotta be systematic. Here's the other thing, you gotta be serious. Listen, the stuff that you set up in January is not working now. You haven't even looked at it since then. It was some New Year's resolution. Yeah, I'm gonna do a budget, da da da. When last? You have to brush dust off of that one. You've got to be serious about this. You gotta make some decisions, like do it now. Are you with me? All right, so um, you've got to have a system. You've got to be simple. It's got to be serious. One of the things that I've recognized since I married my wife and she started a budget <laughs> is that God shows up when you do a budget. The Lord, God Almighty, I'm telling you, He loves budgets. Did you know that God did something on day one? And something different on day two. And something different on day three. Did you know he had a plan? You know, the Bible says, which of you uh, deciding to build a tower doesn't first sit down and plan? Whether you have enough money to finish it. Planning is not anti-faith. Planning is faith. Planning is faith. And when I say do a budget, I mean make sure it's written. Some may have a budget in your head. That's not a budget. Write it down. God shows up when you create a budget. The other day we decided to do a meal budget. I've never done this before. It's like a meal plan. I kind of sat down and said, this is what we're going to have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And guess what? We bought only the things that we're going to cook. It saved me some money right there. 
Then guess what happened after that? Every time I got like a free lunch or I got somebody, you know, somebody gave me dinner. Somebody, like my sister, gave me dinner, right? Every time, guess what? I knew that God just saved me some money. Why? Because it was all budgeted. You know, here's the thing. God is blessing some of us more than we know. But because we have no budget, we have no way of tracking it. At the end of the month, when you say, boy, I don't even know how I have money this time because my expenses were so much more. That's because you didn't budget. And if you didn't budget, you didn't even see when God showed up. Amen. Listen, I don't, some people say, I don't earn enough to budget, Pastor Jay. You don't understand. I'd always be in the red if I look at it. Listen, you're going to be in the red anyway. You might as well know how much you need to believe God for. Am I right? I mean, seriously, if God came down and said, hey, how much money do you need so I can pay off your debts? Somebody like, debts. How much is that again? You'd be lost. Okay? You can't be lost. Listen, Peter's taxes were in a fish. Abraham's sacrifice was in a thicket. The widow's oil was in her house. Elijah's meal was in a raven's mouth. If you know what you need, God will provide what you have. Listen to me. If you budget the little you have, God will show you something that you need and you didn't even know you needed it. Budget the money you know and God will show you money that you don't know. Amen? All right. You got to get onto budget drive. Here's the other thing. You got to merge onto margin street, baby. Margin street. Turn back to Proverbs chapter 21. Look at this. Verse 20. This is awesome. I'm going to read it out to the NIV because I think it just sounds better than what the King James is saying. Here's it. Proverbs 21:20. It says this. In the house of the wise. Here's the wise again. The wise. In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil. But a foolish man devours all he has. That means this. If you have a budget and you don't have any margin in your budget, you're like the foolish man because what you do is this. You consume 100% of what you have. Going on margin street simply says, I will live on less than I earn. Can you say that with me? I will live on less than... No, I need you to say it like you really believe it. I will live on less than I... One more time. I will live on less than I earn. Listen, you need to confess this every day. Because some of us are living on more than we earn. You say, how is that possible? Listen, the average American, listen to this, spends 110% of their salary. How do they do that? Credit. <laughs> We got to get it because we got credits. <laughs> Amen? Yeah, yeah. That's what happens, right? But we've got to live on less than we earn. And the problem with us is that we, we, we end up sometimes with a situation happening and we don't have enough to cover the emergency or the situation and so we go into more debt. Listen, you got to choose what percentage of your income you're going to live on. That's something for you to sit down and decide. What percentage of my income am I going to live on? You say, Pastor, I need 100%. That's not true. You think you do. You think you do. But the government already takes out some. You're, living on, you're already living on a percentage. You are. 
And let me tell you something. You get some commitment. You have to pay for some school thing. You have to pay for some hospital thing. All of a sudden, you're living on less of a percentage. Why not do it now before the bill comes? You see, here's what happens to us. If we lost everything today, if we were in just a bag of debt and we didn't have any job or anything, you know what we would do? We'd say, God, I give you my finances. We would. We'd say, God, I give you my finances. I give you my debt. I give you my money. And you know why? Because we don't got any. God said, why didn't you give me before? Because I had some. I'm saying, why wait till then to commit it to the Lord? Commit it from now. <laughs> margin. You've got to have margin. Here's the third thing. Third street. Continue on to contingency. Crescent. Proverbs chapter 6. Contingency. What do I mean by contingency? I mean you need to put something aside for a rainy day. Because it is going to rain. I'm going to say that again. You need to set something aside for a rainy day because it is going to rain. Amen. Amen. You say, Pastor, can't you be, I mean, this is a faith church. Can't you be a little bit more positive? I am positive it is going to rain. Hey, look, learn from later. Look at Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse, where did I tell you to go? Verse 6. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be what? Wise. Be wise. We're talking about wisdom. Look at this. Which, having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. In other words, the ant knows this one thing. Winter is coming. It don't matter how, listen, it don't matter how long the summer heat was, winter is going to come. It don't matter how the harvest is plentiful, winter is going to come. So the ant thinks to himself, I need to gather for winter because I ain't getting no food out here during winter. Listen, you need to have a winter fund. An emergency fund. We start an emergency fund. An emergency fund. You can have $500 in there. $1,000 in there. You can just put something aside. The other day, uh, in the middle of, of, of the big hot summer, my battery just died on my car. You know what happened? I bought a new one. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I should get a clap for that. I bought a new one. Here's the thing about that. I didn't use my credit card. That's wild. Guess why? Because I had an emergency fund. Hey, the worst thing is trying to get out of debt and not have some emergency money. And something hits you that you have to go back in more debt when you're trying to get out. Continue on the contingency. Number four, Fourth Street. Cross over credit close. Don't stop. Don't drive in. Credit close has no exit. Do not go to credit close. Get over it. Proverbs chapter 22. Um, you know, earlier this, this month or early in the summer, uh, Samantha and I sat down and we said, I said to her, hey, guess what? Remember, I'm the leader now. <laughs> She's the manager, right? So I said, uh, <laughs> I said, babe, here's the deal. We're going to pay off this credit card and we're not going to use it no more. No more. But, you know, we have this. Uh, say, we are paying it off and we ain't using it. What? 
No more. All right. Listen, hottest summer, light bill went up, water bill. We're trying to water that dry grass. I'm telling you something. Everything was going on. So we're not using the current cut. All right, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Summer ends. Everything's cool now. And you know what you said to me? Man, I'm so glad that you directed us to not use a credit card because it's paid off and I don't feel burdened. I feel free. I'm just glad that's not on my mind anymore. We're talking about credit. Look at this. Proverbs 22.7 The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a servant to the lender. A lot of times, when God wants us to do something, wants us to give more, wants us to serve more, wants us to, to take time to go some foreign country, be a missionary, take some time. We can't do it because we are so under debt that we're so busy trying to pay off the debt. Instead of being a servant to Christ, we end up being a servant to Master Card. <laughs> this man, here, here's something that you need to say to yourself. I will not incur any more debt. Come on, say it. I will not incur any more debt. And it's done. It's st- I'm stopping it. Listen, don't incur any more debt and get rid of dumb debt. What's dumb debt? Dumb debt is any debt that you have, watch this, where you owe more than what the thing is valued. That's dumb. When you bought that shirt, that shirt ain't worth all that now. You wore it. <laughs> it's not worth what... I'm telling you, it's done. You know, you would have been better to save up and buy it. All right. Listen, when you, when, when you want to get out of debt, when you get out of debt, here's what happens. God shows up. When you decide, I'm going to get out of debt, God shows up because it's according to His Word. And when you get out of debt, here's what happens. You become more generous. You become more peaceful. Amen? You're more available. Am I right? When you get out of debt, guess what? You are, you are nicer to be around. Can I tell you something? And you save more. You're more confident. All that happens when you get out of debt. So cross over credit close. Here's the last place you need to be. You need to get onto first things highway. Now what do I mean by that? I mean the first thing. The first thing you need to be thinking about is how to honor the Lord. Proverbs chapter 9. Let's jump back there. Proverbs Sorry, Proverbs chapter 3. Give God the first part of everything. The first part. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Let me tell you something. When you give God the first part of whatever it is, the rest of it belongs to Him, even though you haven't let it go into His hands. It works like this. It works like this. In my budget, the first line is tithe. The second line is offering. The third line is love gift. I have three lines before I do anything else. Three lines that are dedicated to the Lord. The fourth line is savings. I total it up. I subtract it from what I earn. And then I start my budget. Because those are givens. 
I don't go, hey, how can I cut on this? How can I do that? No, everything else, that's what we work out. When we say, hey, guess what? We don't have enough money for food. We try and say, all right, what do we need to shift to do the food? Or what do we need to cut down on our meals? Because the tithe ain't going to be touched. I ain't touched. Ain't touching that offering. <laughs> ain't touching that love. I'm telling you, that's done. That's like tax. Well, I don't call and go, hey, listen, I can't pay the light bill this week. Can I get back some money? We don't do that. That's done. But here's what this does. When you put God first, you're saying two things. You're saying, God, all that I have is yours. And God, all of my heart is yours. That's what you're saying. So Jesus spoke about money. And he never even asked for any. The only time Jesus ever asked for money, he gave it back. (laughs) He said, bring me that coin whose face is on this. And then he gave it back. Jesus is not asking for your money. He's asking for your heart. But where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Did you get something out of of today?